Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Doing well, thank you. It is, um, it is so hot. Just trying to focus on being kind of still. Not a whole lot okay. of, uh, not making any sudden movements or any uh, sustained movement. Um, and, um, focused on being on a room with a fan or the air conditioning. We're choosing the fan room for the recording because it is the quietest option. Uh, the air conditioning room is a little too raucous in terms of the, uh, air conditioner. Um, so yeah, just trying to stay cool. But what's weird about it is that it feels like it's, I don't know like closer to a hundred degrees, but it's actually the high today was only 85 here. Um, Oh, that's like springtime. Right. So it's really weird. Like, (laughs) yeah, like it's strange. Like it's like, but it doesn't feel 85 at all. Like there's a certain like kind of tropical, like humidity going on. Um, So it feels very Southern in that sense. Um, Oh yeah. And it's been like that for, a few days now. So, I mean, I think there, and then I was, I saw a news story that, you know, there was a heat wave all across California and several other states are also having a, a pretty significant heat wave. So it's just, you know, it's August um, and we're all feeling it. So, so yeah, so we've been, we've been pretty still all day. um, But the exception of out and about, And yeah, so, oh, let's, this is Wait Till Me Everything. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is a podcast where we forget to introduce ourselves. My name's Andrea. Every week, 80-something episodes in. Mm-hmm. I'm Kristen. Yes. And welcome. Welcome. So, yes, so we have a couple of closings this week. Mm-hmm. And so we usually, you know, I'm, Sometimes it's just very, la- I'm very last minute about things because, you know, things change. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we usually just kind of like a few days before, like, order, like, our standard gift that we get our buyers. Mm-hmm. And I called on, like, Thursday or Friday, and they're like, they're all sold out. So I was like, oh, boy. Oh, what yeah. What to do? And so... I just like like that gift because it's just, like it looks cute. It looks cute in pictures. Right. And so I, um, yeah, I was scrambling around today, like, oh god, what am I gonna get? I was like doing research, and I was like, let me just go to my oldie but goodie when I was at home, um, World Market, Cost Plus World Market. Yeah. They always have the best stuff there, and I went and found like. I was like, okay, a bottle of champagne, a couple of champagne glasses, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, oh, God, I got to get a basket and the wrapping and the this and that. 
girl, they have a little basket set for $6, which has the basket, the little filler inside, the raffia, the like little um, cellophane, the Mm. tag, everything. And I was like, thank you. And then the champagne was like $10 off because I'm a member. Perfect. I was like, yeah. So I was like, oh, happy day. So we ended up actually coming in under budget. (laughs) So yeah, so that was that was my day and then I just went like I was in that neighborhood so I just went going to different places that I like to do so I went to like the little Korean market um because I wanted some Korean soup I went to um this farmer's market that's very popular here in DeKalb County DeKalb farmer's market mm-hmm. went there like literally like there's only one thing that I wanted from there and yeah, but I, was I like, feel oh, like every me. farmer's market I've ever been to, like, I mean, like on purpose, like I usually only go to the farmer's market because there's like one place or one stand or some particular thing that mm-hmm. I'm like going for that. Like I really like, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I feel like that's how I am with farmer's markets too. Like, I just like, I'm only here for this. I probably end up with other things, but I'm really like yeah. I'm trying to make a beeline to the one thing that I need. Or I get so distracted there because there are a lot of things, but I was like, I don't, because I've like been doing the meal planning thing, so I'm really like, I was like, I don't need this, I don't need that, right? No, not this week, you know that right. I have like I bought went grocery shopping yesterday, so mm-hmm. yeah, so it's an like indoor farmers market. Oh, okay, and it's, all, and it's kind of like everything. It's not like different stalls. It's just like one big sprawling store. Like I think like. It's not like separate vendors. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So, like the fish market and the meat things, like, you know, it's like all like great. So, I got like, I like to get my pineapple from there mm-hmm. because they will like core not it. cut it for you, but they'll core it and mm-hmm. yeah, and peel it for you. Mm-hmm. And then um, they have really good quiche. So, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll have quiche for breakfast this week with nice. fruit. So, mm-hmm. nice. So, yeah. And then little my cake that I was eating, which is why I was late. Mm. There's a bakery down the street from it, and it's mm-hmm. called Southern Sweets. Very good. So, mm. yeah. So that was my day, just going around picking up random stuff here and there and everywhere. So nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like a little leisurely day. So yeah, that sounds good. lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have said a very, like I said, a whole lot, whole lot of nothing, yeah. whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um. That's okay. That's this happens with podcasts. This is what people do. Yeah, you get chit chatty. I haven't spoken to you in a little while. Well, what earlier today? <laughs> in five hours. <laughs> yeah, let me like forget that lie. I was on my way home when I called you. That's right. All right. Oh, jeesh. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. I'm drinking an aloe vera drink. Oh. Have you ever had those? No. Tell me more. It's, is oh, it juice? Like, it's um a drink. So a lot of like the I got this from actually from Aldi, but a lot of like kind of Asian stores, they'll have you can find them in a regular grocery store too. But it's just like an aloe drink. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, it has like the pulp in it, hmm. and it'll have um like maybe mango or pineapple or something else with it. Mm-hmm. But it's supposed to be good for like pH balance and um I think it's like um what do you call it? like hydration okay interesting so i just really like it it's just tasty so Hmm. yeah interesting i um for the i um 
have tried, I ordered a new, new, well, it would be new to me regardless, but, um, you know, I'm trying to stay at least like a gluten, gluten light is how I, I will put it. Mm-hmm. I'm not really gluten free, but I didn't. Okay. I, maybe I wasn't listening. I don't realize that you were doing that too. Well, just trying, like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely cutting out like uh very like gluten forward things like white bread or you know um so i'm trying okay. on um i ordered from this place that uh mama juju recommended called simple needs needs is spelled oh. k n e a d s so it's hmm. a gluten free bread company you order online and it has a minimum order of four loaves now who does not need four loaves of bread you this girl. they look like pretty small though they're but, yeah know, they're like they're, they're definitely like artisan like a kind of like you know the compact artisan loaf you know um so have like the mini loaves i used to love that did trader joe's uh, used to have no mini no loaves? uh sprouts Who was it? sprouts that's the like the loaf. best thing yeah i yes. was like this is perfect for like one person it's yeah great. okay yeah. so similar to that a little bit more than that um but still i don't uh-huh. need four of them so I was able to get a bunch of my coworkers to co-sign on the uh, on the dotted line, if you will. And so they all I have three people at work who signed up for the other three loaves. So um, yummy. Yeah. So I got the sourdough, um, which is the one that I'm keeping. And I actually started. I tried today. It's really pretty tasty. And mm-hmm. um, and then the other one is like the quinoa power grains it's kind of like their kind of their multi-grain you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and so um so i'm i'm giving that loaf away but um i'm gonna pumpernickel i love pumpernickel bread i discovered that when i was like in elementary school and i was like this is delicious of course you think yeah you (laughs) first of all double of course of course you like pumpernickel and of course you discovered that in elementary school um I do not like pumpernickel. And if you look at it closely, it's pumpkin nickel on the Sweet Simply uh, Needs site. Um, so yes, I see that with the pumpkin seeds. The little pumpkin seeds. So I was like intrigued, but I was like, no, if they're going for a pumpernickel taste, I'm not interested. So, um, so yeah, so I'm starting off with the sourdough. And so this morning I made myself... Um, just I used just two slices, one for like a nice little like avocado toast with a scrambled egg on top, mm-hmm. and then the other for um for just just to try it kind of toasted with a little bit of light jam on it, and um, mm-hmm. it's really quite tasty. Like I mean, very very good, for, especially you know since it, considering that's not like you know the regular sourdough. Um, so yeah, so okay. I'm excited about that. Um, because, yeah, I'm just, um, I'm noticing that I really do have a much uh, better, like, my allergies are always somehow in play, mm-hmm. period, for some reason. But it feels like cutting down or just lightening up the gluten load is helping mm-hmm. um, overall. And I'm also noticing I also have a gr- bigger reaction when I, miss, like, accidentally eat something. Um so just being no, it's just noticing that too. It's just like, oh, why am I having this like big allergic, like, you know, like sneezing and just like, you know, whatever. And I'll like look back over what I ate. And I'll be like, oh shoot, that had like, 
I had like a little slice of that cake or I like, you know, cause it's just like, I, since it's new, like I also just like forget, like it's not, since it's not, and also it's not like, obviously it's an allergy, but mm. it's not like an allergy that I've had forever that I'm like super careful about. Cause I'm going to need like an EpiPen or something, <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, I don't, it's not at the yeah. forefront of my mind. So yeah. I, thank you. So I'm, um, so okay. I'm noticing. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, so that's, that's happening. That's, that was kind of the little thing. And plus like, it was one of those, like, again, it was so, it's so hot that you don't want to do anything in the kitchen that requires like much heat or generating much of anything. So it's just like, okay, I'm just going to make a quick scrambled egg, throw these two little slices in the toaster oven. And that is all. That is the way it should be me. I'm like cooking like full course meals and just. (laughs) eating soup like I had like the soup I I was craving a soup got the stuff to make the soup and like eating like two or three bowls of it and like about to pass out because it's hot but I was like oh it's so good I was like what is wrong with you you're like a crazy person you are. so yeah so yeah I'm just like cooking in the meal planning we'll talk about that later we're just talking about so much and I I too have contacted Mama Juju this week because I'm having an ailment Oh, good old Mama I haven't got everything that she told me to get because I just couldn't find it, but I will get that stuff this week. She'll set you straight. Yep, it feels much better, but still. Yep, don't sleep yeah. on Mama Juju. Waking up with injuries. Girl. Oh my gosh, you know, um, speaking of which, I, you know, I've been having, I started walking again, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I was just literally like, I having so much trouble, not with the foot that I already had surgery on, that one's all fine and happy and healed, but now my right foot is trying to like act up, I think I have kind of a, girl, you know, the plantar fasciitis situation, you know? Yeah, I'm like, what is wrong with my joints and my bones and stuff, Girl. like, tissue? Like, I feel like I have carpal tun- tunnel or something. Yeah. And she was like, don't text or type. I was like, I can't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I thought it'd be hard for you. I was like, yeah, like, that's going to be very difficult for me to do. Oh, <laughs> like, my gosh. Okay, I'll, I'll try. Not really trying, but okay. I've had my brace on. I just took it off, but. Yeah, it's a lot. Today. Yeah. Well, I've been sleeping with this brace and it's helping. But again, like, I just feel like, who am I? Like, I Okay, literally... so we both have on braces. Yes, you on your hand and me on my right oh, foot. I'm sleeping with it lady. because apparently, like, you know, from everything I'm reading about, again, like, and this is like tissue, you know, like plantar fasciitis. It's like the, the tissues that stretch from like the, on the bottom of your foot from your toes up through the back of your heel, you know, there's this sort of a band mm-hmm. of whatever, and that gets like inflamed and irritated. And so like, there's all these like things like, you know, it's pretty much like a, one of those like self-diagnosed, like a million things that you can do at home to make it better kind of a thing or whatever. So I read up all, all the articles doing all the little exercises. And one of the things that they recommend is this brace. It's like a night splint that keeps your foot in a, in a 90 degree position um, because part of what happens is it's really, really awful first thing in the morning because you've slept with that, you know, like when you sleep, Mm -hmm. your feet are kind of like pointed, which means that whole little band is like contracted, which is the worst thing for it. Cause then all of a sudden you want to like stretch it out in the morning because you want to like go live your life and walk around and it's Mm -hmm. not having it. So 
the idea is you like sleep with a little brace on that keeps that band stretched out. And so, you know, therefore you don't irritate it as much, all this stuff. So girl, just all this old people stuff at 47 feels just like the most right now is all I'm saying. And we're over it. I'm so over it. And then, you know, then it's like, oh, of course, it's like the hottest week of the year. And I've got a brace on in bed. Like, you know, it's just whatever. Yeah, Um, I'm like propped up on a pillow. Right. Just, you know, and I literally all I did was like go for a walk. Like I didn't even like attempt to run or jog nothing. Like I was like, got up early, did all the pre-stretching, did all the post-stretching, did all the post-icing and all of that. And still, like, by the end of that day, was, like, limping around because my right foot didn't want to act right. So oh, I injured myself getting into the shower See? Y- yesterday. This is so, what I'm saying. Yeah. Bas- like, basic stuff. Basic stuff. I can't. <sighs> okay. Now, speaking of I can't, this seems like a good time to transition to Segway to Newsworthy. Yes. Yeah. Nonsense. So much. So much nonsense. I wonder if you're going to talk um, about what I are going to talk about. I don't know, because there was a lot of news stories to choose from, which I'm, you know, thankful that, like, we're finally, like, kind of, I mean, you know, obviously we're still back yet. Um, you know, uh, there's there's a lot No one's acting on. like there's a, a lot of people are acting like there's no pandemic. A lot of people are acting like it's not, um, but we are, and I'm, I'm choosing to acknowledge the reality that we are. Mm-hmm. That, and I'm I'm not happy about it. I don't I don't like it. No, I want to go and do hood rat things with my friends. Sure, that's mm-hmm. I'm all about that. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not what's happening. Um, no, not at no. all. So let's see where to begin. Um, just follow up on a story from a couple of weeks ago. Um, this is from the Washington Post, Dateline, uh, today, August sixteenth. Um, the House accelerates oversight of USPS as uproar grows an emergency hearing is planned over alleged White House interference so yeah uh, that's what I was hoping okay. to talk about okay. <laughs> yes yeah, so this is by Jacob Bogage and Joseph Marks so it starts off um, like I said a House Oversight Committee will hold an emergency hearing on mail delays and concerns about potential White House interference in the U.S. Postal Service, inviting Postmaster, our friend from a few weeks ago, General mm-hmm. Louis DeJoy, or as the uh, USPS people like to call him, DeLay, <laughs> and uh, Postal Service Board oh, of Governors, <laughs> Louis DeLay, um, uh, Chairman Robert M. Duncan, to testify August 24th. Um, the top Democrats announced this on today, Sunday. Democrats have alleged that DeJoy, a former Republican National Convention finance chairman, is taking steps that are causing dysfunction in the mail system and could wreak havoc in the presidential election. The House had earlier not planned a hearing until September. Uh, Nancy Pelosi says um, the Postmaster General and top Postal Service leadership must answer to the Congress and the American people as to why they are pushing these dangerous new policies that threaten to silence the voice of millions just months before the election. Um, And actually, that was a statement issued by Pelosi, uh, Carolyn Maloney, Democrat of New York, uh, Mm -hmm. (coughs) 
who's the House Oversight Chair, Senate Minority Leader Charles E. Schumer, and Senator Gary Peters of Michigan. Uh, the I mean, folks- just some blatant stuff going on. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So let's get into it. Okay. Uh, the Postal Service is beset with delays because of policy changes that have been implemented. The JOY banned postal workers from making extra trips to ensure on-time mail delivery and crack down on overtime hours. Localities across the country have struggled with the USPS backlogs of up to a week, hamstringing local businesses and delaying the arrival of crucial mail items, including prescription medications, social security checks, and bills. Um, the Postal Service is in the process, and this is, this is crazy, of r- removing 671 high-speed mail sorting machines nationwide this month. Yep. And this process will eliminate 21.4 million items per hour. Okay, like, let's just say, let's just even try to envision that. Mm-hmm. 21.4 million items per hour's worth of processing mm-hmm. capability from the agency's inventory. That's like, I can't even imagine what 25.4 million items look like, much less the, that that's what's normally processed per hour by these machines. People talk about the post office, like, in the past, it's always a thing. But I'm like, for 40-something cents, like, the, what they're able to do, it's been always, like, you know, like, awesome. So I was like... It's this. This is a problem I never anticipated. I always talk about you. Kind of think about problem A, B, C. Mm-hmm. Like this is that D thing. Like what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Okay. Like never would have thought. Like okay, go on. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Okay. And honestly, I, with very little exception, have not had really any issues in the past using the post office service over other services. Like. Mm-mm. It's very little exception. Yeah, it's just like it's always been. Now, do they probably need to charge more for what they're doing? Yeah, like they like. I mean, I think part of the reason, obviously, it's a business. Like part of the reason you're in debt is that you know there's there's a, a certain amount of you know um, workforce that you're paying for, and that's getting this done. And the amount that people are paying for that service probably doesn't match. But that's like a whole other thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, on Thursday and Friday, it began. It uh, it began removing public collection boxes in parts of mm-hmm. California, New York, Pennsylvania, Oregon, and Montana. The agency said mm-hmm. Friday that it would stop mailbox removals, which it said were routine, until after the election. Because mm-hmm, the people started taking pictures, it became a thing, and so they got caught. Right, stuff. which I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, like it's kind of hard to remove a, a, a mailbox without anybody noticing. I mean, unless mm-hmm. you do it like under cover of darkness, you know, <laughs> like, but was, like they had like trucks of like several of them. It wasn't right. like, it was just like one. No, like they were like going down this, like, you know, through neighborhoods or through a, like an area, like picking up mailboxes. So yeah, like it's pretty obvious. And like, the thing is they're, um, they're bolted down to the ground from what I understand. So like, it's not like you could just pick it up and take it either. Like you have to, it's kind of a production. Um, anyway. Um, and White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows said on CNN's State of the Union on Sunday that it would be, it would also halt sorting machine removals. Meadows also said the White House is open to Congress passing a standalone measure to ensure the U.S. Postal Service is adequately funded to manage a surge in mail voting in November. 
Uh, he said, the president of the United States is not going to interfere with anybody casting their votes in a legitimate way, whether it's the post office or anything else. Both statements would appear to step back from the president's comments Thursday when he said he opposed Postal Service funding because he wanted to restrict expanding voting by mail. Meadows insisted the president is only opposed to states sending ballots directly to all registered voters, not to a more common practice in which states send mail ballots only to registered voters who request them. Trump, however, had attacked all forms of mail voting for months before, recently dialing back his criticism in particular states, including Florida, where he voted by mail himself this year. Um, Meadows says the president doesn't have a problem with anybody voting by mail. If you would look at it in terms of a no excuse absentee ballot, what he opposes is universal mail in ballots. Uh, Apparently there are five states that voted nearly entirely by mail before the pandemic and four more that have announced plans to do so since the pandemic hit. Meadows suggested more states will attempt to shift to sending ballots directly to all registered voters between now and the election. He said, this is more about states trying to recreate how they get their ballots, and they're trying to do it on a compressed timeline that won't work. Um, Mm. Which I'm like, I don't totally understand that, because it seems like if they're, if they're just expanding what they already offer in terms of mail-in, then the timeline would just be the same as what they're already doing. It would just be to be to more people, right? Yeah, but it's going to be harder if they're like limiting service. Right, but I'm saying like his art, that's why his argument doesn't stand. Like they're tr- he's saying they're right. trying to recreate how they get their ballots and they're trying to do it on a compressed timeline it's not really a compressed timeline it only feels compressed if there's going to be a delay in the mail but if the their timeline matches what they would normally do um to get mail-in ballots to people in time then it shouldn't be an issue um calls had grown it just sucks that it's like kind of underneath the executive branch that's the only thing so i don't i don't know like really what congress can do can do yeah. I don't know. It says that they're calling um, in recent days uh, within the Democratic caucus for Pelosi and Maloney to get more aggressive on postal oversight. The committee invited DeJoy to an earlier hearing August 7th, but he declined to appear, citing the conflict with the Postal Service's quarterly Board of Governors meeting. The committee last month scheduled a meeting with DeJoy on September 17th, but Democrats Democrats began privately voicing displeasure last week to leadership that as the postmaster general continued making changes in mail delivery, that the chamber should not have an opportunity to cross-examine him for another month or that uh, I'm sorry, that they would not have an opportunity to examine him for another month. So that's what led Pelosi on Saturday to float calling the house back into session to take up postal legislation. The house is not set to return until after labor labor day, but the committee can conduct a hearing without Pelosi calling members back to work. So, so that's where it's at. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And in the meantime, you still have, so it's just like, it's an interesting, and we said, I, I think I said this last time, like it's interesting, like uh, dichotomy because like you still have um, a lot of people, you know, on the Democrat side saying, um, you know, cast, you know, like 
request your request your mail-in ballot get you know sign up for you know your absentee ballot like vote by mail it's safe all this stuff or whatever but this is also happening like right alongside it um Mm -hmm. it's and the post office apparently just sent out notices to a few like well oh no over 20 states saying that they're not gonna get their ballots on time right so that's the thing i'm just like you know, I don't know. It's just a disaster is what it is, really. I mean, like, just with only, what are we? I think, like, 80-some days before mm-hmm. election. So, um, election day. So, it's um, the only, and because, and, and the issue really is now, like, people just getting their ballots. Like, their a- ballots actually arriving to them on time. Because it seems like there's plenty of solutions around getting your ballot back in that don't have to use the postal service. So most um, there's a a lot of like County clerk's offices provide a way to like drop off your ballot, like at a a, Mm -hmm. a voting uh, box. Um, You can actually turn your ballot in at your local polling place without having to wait in line. If you're worried about that, you know, um, on the on the day of on election day, um, and still you know be counted um, on that same day, and then um, and even um, uh, Anthony Fauci I saw today um, was asked about this whole thing, and he basically was like, "Listen, like if you're able to go to your polling, pl- like if you're physically able to go to your polling place." It should be safe as long as, like you know, it's all the all the requirements are in place. Yes. And masks and, yeah, you know, masks. Yeah, masks. Yeah, with masks and social distancing, it's safe to go vote. Which to me, I feel like if that's if you have that option, do that. You know, like that's what I'm doing. Like you know, like first of all, I like to actually vote, right. but I'm actually that I like to go on election day. I don't even like to do the early voting thing, but I think I actually. Might do early, early. voting this mm-hmm. year, yeah, just because it's crazy. It's going to be too crazy, and I'm probably going to end up trying to volunteer on election day. Okay, so um, yeah, yeah. So it's just crazy. It's just crazy, but I feel like that's you know, and if you do have to, if you know, for whatever reason you can't make it to the actual polling place or whatever, and you're getting a mail-in ballot, like you know, consider not mailing it back, but like, you know, figuring out what the drop off options are in your Mm -hmm. county or whatever, and then do that. Um, So just to ensure that your vote gets in and gets counted and doesn't get caught up in kind of this whole uh, fiasco, which is really, really unfortunate. Yeah. So that's the story with the United (sighs) States Postal Service. Crazy. Um. So in other news, follow up from last week. Last week, we talked about how Joe Biden was on the verge of picking a running mate. And this week, he made his announcement, as everyone knows now, uh, Kamala Harris uh, will be uh, his uh, ticket partner. So um, that's exciting. Um, Historic. Historic. Uh, The first... Uh, African American and Asian American uh, mm-hmm. uh, running mate, and, um, and I think major ticket. Well, on a major ticket, yeah, yeah. vice presidential. Mm-hmm. So, 
and so there's a there's a ton of stories about just all there's just everything you know this whole election um and this particular aspect of it um but this i found this one which is a little like uh which was interesting because it's just um not off topic off topic but kind of like a segue uh mm-hmm. this is from nbc news by adam edelman and it says the first second gentleman Meet Kamala Harris's mm-hmm. husband, Doug Emhoff. Mm-hmm. So on Wednesday afternoon, as Joe Biden for the first time publicly spoke alongside running mate Kamala Harris, he took a moment to address yet a, poten- address yet a potentially historic aspect of the California senator's presence on his presidential ticket. It wasn't that Harris... <coughs> Excuse me. It wasn't that Harris would make history as the nation's first female, first black and first Asian American vice president if Biden wins in the fall. It was that her husband, Doug Emhoff, an accomplished entertainment lawyer, would make history, too. He would be the nation's first second gentleman. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Biden said, Doug, you're going to have to learn what it means to be a barrier breaker yourself in this job you're about to take on. Um, So. Emhoff's path to that perspective, first of its kind title, has been anything but intentional along the way. As Harris has emerged as a rising political star, he's spoken candidly about his love for his wife, has had to defend her from attacks both physical and online, and has even enjoyed a bit of his own fandom on social media. (laughs) Um, Emhoff has talked about what he's learned from being on the campaign trail with Harris during her own presidential bid, remarks that may represent a preview for how he positions himself amid more public attention now. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, to actually meet people of all kinds all around the country and really listen and really hear what's going on in their lives. For a kid who grew up in New York and L.A. and spent most of my life in New York, L.A., San Francisco, and D.C., it just really opened my eyes. Um, Emhoff, who, like Harris, is 55, was born in Brooklyn and spent the first few years of his life there before his father, a women's shoe designer, moved the family to New Jersey. Isn't that interesting? When Emhoff was in high school, the family moved again to Los Angeles. He quipped, uh, we went went from, like, central Jersey to fast times at Ridgemont High era LA. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What an adjustment. Yeah, seriously. He stayed in the area for college and law school, earning degrees from CSUN and USC at the Mm -hmm. Gold School of Law. Uh, Emhoff later entered the field of entertainment law, working as a litigator at various firms. He's currently a partner at DLA Piper, based in the firm's Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles offices. He has two adult children, Cole and Ella, named for the jazz legends, John Mm -hmm. Coltrane and Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, with his first wife, uh, Kirsten Emhoff. Uh, The marriage ended in divorce, but the pair remain, quote, uh, incredibly close, Emhoff has said. Both Emhoff and Harris have have spoken frequently about the warm relationship between Harris and her stepchildren, with both noting that they refer to their mom, their step... that's so cute. Yeah, they refer to their stepmom as Mamala. (laughs) (laughs) that's so cute isn't it cute Mm -hmm. um um so it says emhoff was working in la when a client meeting led to a blind date with harris that both he and she have joked about uh he said i was just a dude a lawyer and then i met kamala 
on a blind date set up by legendary filmmaker Reginald Hudlin, who did House Party. Uh, Emhoff recalled <laughs> Emhoff recalled that at a business meeting with Hudlin and his wife, Chrisette, a, who's a close friend of Harris, Chrisette said she wanted to set him up with her pal. Emhoff said that as soon as Hudlin mentioned Harris's name, he remembered she was the attorney general and responded, oh my God, she's hot. Uh, Hudlin... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, isn't that funny? Hudlin gave Emhoff her number, and he texted that night from an LA Lakers game. As Harris described in her 2019 memoir, "The Truths We Hold," Emhoff called her called her too a bold move. Harris wrote that she found quote endearing. Uh, the morning after our first date, Doug emailed me with a list of his available dates for the next couple of months. He said, he wrote, <laughs> and this is what busy people do. Yeah. But then this is what he writes in the email. He wrote, I'm too old to play games or hide the ball. I really like you. And I want to see if we can make this work. Oh, I'm all about that. Just, yeah, I was too old for this mess. Listen, I think you're cool. Let's, let's, when are you available? Let's see what it do. Let's see what it do. Amid a months-long romance that spanned the state of California, the couple fell in love and were engaged in March 2014. They got married later that year in a small ceremony officiated by Harris's sister, Maya. Hmm. Uh, Emhoff has recalled in multiple interviews that his emergence as a political spouse was gradual. It wasn't until Harris's run for an, an open U.S. Senate seat in California in 2016 that it dawned on him what it meant to be married to a fast rising political star. He said, mm -hmm. when we met, when she, when we met, when she was attorney general, it was just two busy professionals at that age trying to balance two jobs and two cities. But it really hit me after we got married. And when Senator Barbara Boxer decided not to run, that was really welcome to politics in that race is when I, in that race is when I really became a political spouse doing events. So by the time Harris launched her presidential run, he was a regular on the trail. He recalled freaking out while waving to the crowd at Harris's announcement for her White House run in January 29. He said, it's like, holy F. We thought there'd be 5,000 people there, but there were more like 20,000 that attended. Mm. Later in 2019, during a stop in Flint, Michigan, a visit where Emhoff quietly met with community leaders about the city's water crisis, um, he was deeply moved. It says, that was probably the most impactful thing I ever did. It just stuck with me. Um, at the same time, Emhoff also created a fun persona on social media throughout his wife's presidential campaign. He frequently posted photos of himself in campaign gear and memorably a video of himself dancing at San Francisco, at San Francisco Pride in 2019 to help boost mm -hmm. fundraising. Prominent Jewish publication, The Forward, even dubbed him, quote, our hot Jewish dad crush. <laughs> um, and there's like a link to the like video of him like dancing. Um, Emhoff made headlines and earned wide praise during her camp during uh, Harris's campaign for fiercely defending his wife from attacks, both physical and virtual. This is a crazy video to watch, too. In June 2019, a man rushed the stage at a forum where Harris was speaking and grabbed the microphone from her hand. One, mm -hmm. of the one of the several people who confronted the intruder and helped drag him off stage was Emhoff, 
The angry expression on his face that emerged as he jumped into the fray made waves on Twitter. He later tweeted, I love Kamala Harris. I love Kamala Harris and would do anything for her. Weeks later, Harris was attacked again, this time with a racially charged retweet by President Donald Trump's eldest son, Donald Jr., that questioned Harris's race. The retweet, which became came following a clash between Harris and Biden during their first Democratic primary debate over racial issues, was later deleted, but not before several reporters took screenshots of it. Um, So Emhoff took to Twitter later that night to forcefully condemn the earlier message as both vile, shameful, racist, and sexist BS. Harris ended her presidential campaign in December, endorsed Biden in March, and immediately entered into the national conversation about likely Biden running mates. A period of time that overlapped with the pandemic, stay-at-home orders, economic collapse, and national protests for racial justice. Staying true to his supportive style, Emhoff, during the April virtual campaign event, plied his wife with praise, both as Biden campaign surrogate and for her recent work in the Senate, pushing for police reform and financial relief for Americans hit by economic hardship, while also trying to not draw attention, too much attention to himself. I'm trying to do my legal work and deal with all these issues for clients, he said, and she's trying to save the world. Mm. So is that sweet little... That oh, is. Yeah. And I was like, well, he can, you know, I'm sure learn a lot from Dr. Jill about mm-hmm. dealing with that. Like, you know, kind of, you know, your profi- per, um, kind of career is kind of over. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once you do that, it kind of reminds me of um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's husband. Did you ever watch that documentary? It was really good. I No, it's on my list to watch because people have recommended it. Um from a couple of different um, uh, friends have recommended it. And it's just, I just yeah. haven't gotten around to it. Her, um, her husband were in law school together. That's how they mm, met. Mm-hmm. And he was basically like, you know, he was like, you know, pretty well along in his career by most accounts. But then he was like, yeah, a certain moment, like I realized like her career is going to eclipse mine and I'm the one staying at home with the kids or I have to be home, make dinner. And right, like, right. That, and he was how supportive he was of, of her. So um, yeah, I like that. So, yay! Yeah, so cute, cute little. Mm-hmm. They seem to have a cute little love story and everything. So, yeah. So there, there's like I said, there was a million different pieces that I could have uh, picked from in terms of uh, her being on the ticket now. But um, that's, that's there's uh, so much ridiculousness and craziness. so much ridiculousness. I mean, and some of it was mentioned in this article. This whole thing about her race is so, so so stupid um like I just like I I just feel like I I have no energy um to like because it's such as like I I don't get it like I'm like what part of people being biracial she's not even like a complicated mix of like you know like oh like you know like she's her it's her father, right? Her mom is black from Jamaica, and his her mom is Indian. Like, what? Are, what is the question? Like, what is the problem? Like, and the geez. thing is, like, she identified, like, she acknowledges both heritage because she was largely raised by her mother. Sure, but she identifies as black. Like, she has said, like, I'm a black woman. My mother raised me and my sister. Like, you're gonna be viewed as black. 
so she's like she kind of like let them know that growing up and she's identified as such so let people first of all identify how they want to yes and respect that and like let people who are biracial like you can't like not acknowledge a part of you <laughs> like let her acknowledge that heritage well and that's really my question it's like what would people have her do it's almost like this idea like she needs to just you know uh present herself as only one you know like choose kind of thing it's like that's not a thing like like i and i honestly you know and this is like such my like personal soapbox like i do not fit into your box and like that's your problem like that's not my problem that you want me to neatly be into like this little like I I need to check off one instead of check all that apply like that's your issue like I don't need to do anything or bend myself backwards so that it fits for you like that I can't I can't like it just it makes me so angry um and so and like again like it's like what would you have her do as opposed you know to identify with you know what she is clearly like inherited from both sides of her family like the cultures um everything that comes with all of that you know and she's like two very rich cultures too like it's like you know so it's like why would you want to deny either um And no matter the combination, like, why would you want to deny either? Like, that that is who you are. Like, you are the product of, you know, your parents coming together. Like, that's supposed to be something that's celebratory and a good thing. Um, and, you know, and like, and, you know, and honestly, like, the shameful thing should be denying one over the other or, you know, like, mm-hmm. so whatever. People are just... You know, again, like, and I, and people stupid. I'm like, that's, are, that's it. It's people just, are it's being stupid. Really, really and stupid. Like, ugh, okay. It's just, it's crazy making. It's crazy making. So, um, but I'm loving learning more about her. Like, I knew, like, you know, the, she will also be the first HBCU. That's true. Um, graduate. Um, so that's big, you know, yes. black sorority, aka like that's major too. So yeah, yeah, it's you know, so a lot. So I'm learning. I like learning more about her and um, the family and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, did you no, watch the video of her cooking with um, Mindy Kaling? No, I want to. Like I saw um that our um. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was posted I just need like I said I've been kind of binge watching uh, Succession today so um, yeah, yeah it's an so, old thing it was from last year like but still uh-huh. it's super cute super cute um, so yeah so that's what's going on there um, the only other little thing and I'm not going to read this whole thing um, but um, sad case but I'm, I'm mentioning it mostly because um, the right thing has already been done, which is, I feel like we highlight a lot of when the wrong thing or nothing is done. Mm-hmm. So um, out of your good old state of Georgia, you guys just keep, keep those hits coming. Mm. Um, this is from The Hill. Uh, Georgia State Trooper charged with murder after fail- fatally shooting a man in a traffic stop chase. You know about this? No, nope. uh, I thought you were going to tell a totally different thing. 
Oh, so, okay. <laughs> some, I thought somebody... you were going to talk about the little white boy that was killed. Oh, no. I that knew everyone no, is I, up in uh, arms about. Right. Well, that was also, that's, a, I mean, that's an, a, 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 a different, yeah, like that's, yeah, I did see that story. Um, and again, the right thing was done, right? The person. Right. Who- so that's why no one's out in the streets protesting because he was arrested immediately. He was arrested immediately. Um, and then same thing here. Uh, okay. Georgia State Trooper was arrested and charged with murder on Friday after he fatally shot a 60-year-old man who allegedly tried to flee during a rural traffic stop. The GBI oh. announced that Jacob Gordon Thompson, 27, was booked on felony murder and aggravated assault charges stemming from the August 7th death of Julian Edward Roosevelt Lewis. An attorney for Lewis's family told the AP that Thompson initiated the traffic stop in Screven County over a where ta- uh, Screven County. Screven. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, S C R E V E N Screven. Um, okay, yeah, that tells you a whole lot. I'm like, I don't even know what that is, and I know my counties, so yeah, you weird. know your counties. I'm like, I've never heard of it, but I was like, maybe Kristen has. Okay, so over a burned out tail light. Um, it was, that's what the, he initiated traffic stop over. He uh, shooting Lewis immediately after the trooper had forced his car into a ditch. Um, the attorney for Lewis, uh, Lewis's family says Mr. Lewis never got out of the vehicle and the investigation will show that mere seconds after the crash, he was shot to death, shot in the face and killed. Johnson, I know, Johnson told the outlet that the GBI disclosed that information to the family, but the agency did not include those details in its statement on the trooper's arrest. Um, James, uh, Reverend James Woodall, who's the president of Georgia NAACP, decried the incident as a case of racial profiling and the latest example of white law enforcement officer killing a black man. No one should have to bury a loved one simply because of a busted taillight. We are not necessarily happy right now. Yes, the man was arrested, but we're done dying. The initial press release following the incident states that Lewis's car did not stop and that Thompson initiated a brief chase down several county roads. The trooper then initiated a precision intervention technique, known as PIT, that made the car come to a stop in a ditch. The GBI did not provide any other details about the altercation. Um, and then it says, um, at some point, I heard the engine on the. Vi- I he- at some point, I heard the engine on the violator's vehicle revving at a high rate of speed. I saw him wrenching the steering wheel in an aggressive, back and forth manner towards me and my patrol vehicle. It appeared to me that the violator was trying to use his vehicle to injure me. Being in fear for my life and safety, I discharged my weapon once. Uh, Johnson, the Lewis's family attorney, argued that pit maneuvers are typically used when an officer needs to push a vehicle off the road because there's a risk to public safety and that it was unnecessary to run Lewis's car into the ditch on a rural dirt road. Um, so it, it goes on. It's kind of a longer article. Um, uh, Betty Lewis, who's uh, the gentleman's wife, said her husband did not own a gun. He was a carpenter who had recently helped the local ministry finish a construction project. Um, So he was not a uh, the Johnson attorney uh, quoting the wife says 
He was not a perfect member of the Lewis family, but as his wife said, he was too good to die the way that he did. Thompson's arrest comes after weeks of protests and public outcry against police brutality, racial injustice following the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. In June, a former Atlanta police officer was also charged with murder for fatally shooting Rashad Brooks, a 27-year-old black man in a Wendy's parking lot, which we talked about that story as well. So yeah, that's so crazy because that kind of came up in the our elections. We just had a runoff for the um, the attorney, the attorney general, I guess. There, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was like a runoff for that position. Oh, really? So the guy who charged him has been replaced. Oh. oh, interesting. Yeah, so um, so yeah, so just, I mean, again, just case in point, just a, just a couple of things I feel like. One, that this is an ongoing problem that obviously, and just like the guy said, like, yes, the right thing's been done. This guy's been charged, you know, like arrested and charged, and that's fine. But the better thing would be that this 60-year-old man just had made it home busted taillight or not taillight or not um that there's no reason that anyone should be losing their lives over this and one of the other pieces of the article that i um that i didn't read but that stated that um others in the area were interviewed with regard to this particular state trooper and apparently he has like a long history of course of um basically you know uh racial profiling pulling people over on you know, just bunk, mm-hmm. uh, you know, incidents or whatever, things like broken taillights or not coming to a full stop or uh, just any reason um, to um, pull over uh, black drivers. So uh, he, again, just the issue of uh, the systemic nature of, of having people in place in powers, uh, you know, in positions of authority in law enforcement, carrying guns and, um, and not being properly vetted, uh, not being properly uh, supervised and no action being taken in time before something like this happens. Um, even though there's probably, I'm sure I, well, there, there've been complaints about this guy before. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so that's, um, that's what we're dealing with, folks. Uh, it's a problem. Yeah, that's and I said district um, attorney general. I meant district attorney. Sorry about that. District attorney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so that area that's close to South Carolina, like it's right, like kind of at the state South Carolina line. So it's pretty far. Mm, okay. So that is my so outside so- of my southern Georgia, like east. Okay. Kinda okay. More east. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Oh, jeez. So much. Yeah. So that's all that I Tired. have newsworthy. I know it's a whole lot. Um. So yeah. So couple of things. Mm-hmm. So the first, I sent it to you guys in a text message. It wasn't going through, but I don't know why, but it tickled me so much, and I felt bad for laughing, but I couldn't help it because I thought the same thing when I saw the post too before scrolling down. So Herman Cain's people are still tweeting from or you know from his account, mm. um, and they hadn't changed his name, like the name on the account. Um, so it's like said Herman Cain, and okay. then. Um, 
the tweet said, just in case you thought Biden's candidacy, candidacy was going to be anything other than completely nuts, Team Trump has released a new video. Hashtag Joe Biden, has, hashtag Kamala Harris. And so comedian David Allen Greer responded, um, aren't you dead? Oh, no. <laughs> and like I said, I felt bad after it, but I like literally thought the same thing because I'm like, because they didn't, like I said, they didn't change the name. They've since changed it to the Kane Gang. Um, but that's not what it was. It was just like him, his picture still there. And I'm like, Oh, that's just weird. Right now, like he's tweeting from beyond the grave. Like, what is happening? Like, stop. Like, y'all should have known enough to change that prior to sending out a tweet. Because, like, I get it. Like, you want to keep using that feed because there's already like however many thousand people following that feed. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, but like, go on. Like, obviously, you have administrative control over it. Like. Right, because Harry Kane wasn't like tweeting, you know. I'm sure, right? Yeah, um, like as uh, yeah, because most not people, like consistently. Uh, other, other than the other than the president of the United States, most people don't mm. t- tweet on their own. Do you remember when people made such a big deal about Barack Obama keeping his cell phone? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I I remember that. Like it was a big to do. Like it was a big. Thing. And they basically let him keep his cell phone, but like Michelle Obama said, like it was like a kid's so like, like a kid's toy phone. iPhone. Yeah, right. like there wasn't really anything he could do on it. But now, yeah, he don't. Yeah, okay. So yeah, so yep. they've now changed it, and it's like because the mission goes on, they have a new banner, um, and then like supervised by his team and family. So yeah, right. it's like guys, guys. Pull yourself Thank together. You. Get yourself together. And they, Aww. okay, now that he has passed away, they are going full throttle crazy on here. Oh my gosh. Well, he was pretty, I mean, it, it's. He it, was too. Because I but... follow, I, I followed his um, Facebook page. Um and so, you know, so there was just a lot of like you know, the same things, you know, like the cross uh, posting of things. Um, and he was, he was, I mean, like his, like that, his feed, whoever's doing his social media, they've always been pretty vocal. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So there, there we go with that. So that was like a crazy um Thing. So let's just move on. Wait, what happened to my weight? Tell me everything. Did I erase my stuff? Uh-uh. Oh no. Yeah, that ain't good. Ruh-roh. Okay. Roll. Okay. So um, this just and so one thing that's happening right now again, Kim Kardashian uh, is what? once again. Um, I mean, okay. Again, like I told somebody, a clock can be right twice a day. This is true. So. The work that she's doing on behalf of getting um, prisoners um, released, mm-hmm. you know, has been good. Mm-hmm. So she is now teaming up with um, Monica, the singer, who oh. is, you know, now divorced from her husband and is kind of taking up 
uh, a cause on behalf of her ex-boyfriend, C-Murder, who is Master P's brother, who has been incarcerated for quite some time. Off uh, on what? Uh, I believe it's murder. That's per his name. Per his name. So apparently there's some Corey Miller, C-Murder. Um, she's been in contact with Kim Kardashian to help her. She's kind of vowed like that's what, something she's going to try to do to help get him released. Um, apparently there's been some witnesses who recanted their story, the DNA, some issues with the DNA, and all that kind of stuff. So there's a whole there's been for years a whole free Corey Miller kind of thing. But now that hmm. Kim Kardashian's on the case, something <laughs> might get done. <laughs> Which well, is sad, 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 but there we right. are. <laughs> so is the thing that she's doing completely independent of like larger movements like the Innocence Project? So no, not really. Okay. So these or there are organizations that have been working to kind of get people on behalf of people to get them, you know, um, released, like the Centoya case. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Kim just kind of moves in with her influence. Like, she gets becomes aware of these cases, uses her influence, and, like, people actually are getting released because of it. So, <laughs> um, I think that um, Monica has recognized this. And I was like, you know what, Kim Kardashian... This is one thing that I, you know, am very happy about. If you can use your influence for good, because you do have little black boys and girls. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's great. So, great. Let's see what's going to, you know, how that's going to unfold. I think something might actually happen now. Wow. Um, with that. Um, another thing. So, a couple of, of folks, some of um, people's faves are out here. Um, Saying all, you know, black lives, you know, not all black lives, yeah, all black lives matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say that black lives matter. One of them be Dolly Parton. Hey, um, Dolly Parton. Voicing her support for Black Lives Matter. And her thing was, of course, black lives matter. This is a Billboard interview. She's like, <laughs> do we think our little white asses are the only ones that matter? No, everybody matters. Um, and she said, all these good Christian people that are supposed to be such good Christian people, the last thing we're supposed to do is to judge one another. God is a judge, not us. I just try to be myself. I try to let everybody be themselves. So they go on to talk about how she had something in her um, theme parks with like a Dixie name and people kind of told her like, hey, that's racist. And so <laughs> she was like, there's such a thing as innocent ignorance. So many of us are guilty of that. When they said Dixie was an offensive word, I thought, well, I don't want to offend anybody. This is a business. We'll just call it the stampede. Um, And she said, basically, um, when you find out is offensive to other people, like, do something. So basically, she said, as soon as you realize that something is a problem, you should fix it. Don't be a dumbass. That's where my heart (laughs) is. I would never dream of hurting anybody on purpose. Don't be a dumbass. That, yeah. I mean, that's pretty that's much like the best <laughs> advice. Great, great advice. 
Uh, so yeah, so going on to someone else again who is super like political right now and kind of fed up. Like this is how she's. I know she's like angering her base, like her base, like her loyal fans. Mm. Um, with this, a lot of her fans, but um, Taylor Swift is again speaking out. Oh. She spoke out earlier about Black Lives Matter. Now she is talking about Trump. She said, Trump's calculated dismantling of USPS proves one thing clearly. He is well aware that we do not want him as our president. He's chosen to blatantly cheat and put millions of Americans' lives at risk in an effort to hold on to power. Donald Trump's ineffective leadership gravely worsened the crisis that we are in, and he is now taking advantage of it to subvert and destroy our right to vote and vote safely. Request a ballot early, vote early. Wow. Right. I mean, she's been, um, I think, you know, the thing is, to a certain degree, she is like she does. She does still have a faction of hangers on from her like more like country days. Mm -hmm. Um, But she also like has turned so like, you know, for a while now, like turned very like pop. And so. and has a much more like uh, mainstream uh, fan base. Uh, fan base now. So, because she's been doing a lot of like even her uh, Netflix thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do- it was kind of like a documentary, I guess, if you will. Um, was all about her sort of like you know kind of beginning this like finding who she is, you know, who she what she believes for herself, kind of a thing, and. Uh, moving away from the like uh, persona like the, that she you know had originally come out at, you know like or not even like come out as like just kind of like just who she was you. like who she right. was when she was like whatever 16 and uh, still singing you know uh, on local radio stations and all that and really like leaning into that country uh, base um, so wow yeah so but definitely I think she probably has some who are have been like continually sort of being pushed um or feeling pushed away from her okay yeah so okay this is like the whitest wait tell me everything that I've ever done so (laughs) um (laughs) just saying yeah you got Taylor Swift who's next Michael Cohen did you read the word to the book no, no, I haven't. Oh, Michael Cohen released a foreword of his upcoming book um, this past Thursday. It's going to be called, uh, what is it? Disloyal, a memoir. Wow. Um, I wonder what true it's about. Story, yeah, the <laughs> true story of the formal personal attorney to President Donald J. Trump. So he's like, I know where the skeletons are buried because I was the one who buried them. Right. And he was like, in some ways, I knew him better than even his family did because I bore witness to the real man in strip clubs, shady business meetings, and in the unguarded moments when he revealed who he really was. A cheat, a liar, a fraud, a bully, a racist, a predator, and a con man. Uh, The White House, of course, is like, it's fan fiction. But let me tell you. Wow. I'm not giving this man no money, so I'm not buying this book. But if I can find it free somewhere on the internet <laughs> <laughs> or when the local public library reopens. 
Yes, because oh my gosh. Like even in the foreword, he um dropped some things. So it was it was interesting. So he wow. talks about the collusion with the Russians. He's like, it's not as sophisticated as you think it is. Um, yeah, so he kind of talks about who he is. So I'm looking forward to um, to reading that. So that should be great. Interesting. Yes. Um, let me see. Now, it? here's my question, though. How does this... Um, I mean, I guess, like, to what degree, like, he obviously can't, there's a lot that he can't talk about, right? Like, attorney-client privilege still stands, right? Well, he's been disbarred, right? Like, he's, like, not, So is you know, that why, like, so, but it's not, it's not in perpetuity? I so, think like, it should be, attorney, but, like, what else are they going to do to him? He's in jail, and he's been disbarred true. already. That's true. He doesn't so, have anything to lose. Yeah. So he's like, what the heck? So my whole thing was true. I thought that they could, you know, prisoners can't profit from their crimes. So maybe I guess since this isn't But if it's not his crimes, if he's it's not his about, crimes, so yeah. Like he could profit from this, right? Like he can write a book about a client. Somebody else, yeah. And what they did. Because he's never not... going to work again. So he's going to have, he has to make money somehow. And he even addresses like, yeah, I know what you're, you know, people are going to say, like, I'm, you know, how am I in any position to talk about him? Like, I was like right there in the gutter with him kind of thing. But he's mm-hmm. like, that's why I'm that person. <laughs> like, I know what he did. Like, right. Yeah. Like, so, so yeah. he's not really in a position to judge. I mean, right. But he is in a position to tell the story, I guess. I mean, to retell it or uh, yeah, like us. what happened? Yeah. So yeah, so guys and gals, if you can get on and read it, um, the thing is, it's not anything like shocking or that sure. anybody like wouldn't expect from him. But sure. still, you know, it's it's good old fiction, good old not fiction, but it's good old um reading um mm-hmm. the only other thing okay so the whole issue with um uh, wap is still is still happening i was like let it die already and really? like um CeeLo green like had like something negative to say to calling it desperate and you know kind of like they you know like this is too much i was like you wrote a song called closet freak and um, you've been accused of drugging and raping women, so mm, that's not a good luck. No, like you got to the point where you got fired from your job, dude. So save it. And she got you know criticism from somebody else. I can't like I said the other people. Um, people saying like she they should have made something you know positive. They should have talked about Brianna Taylor, or and she was like, first of all, that's not what I do. And when people do stuff like that, no one listens to it. Hmm. Which I'm like, it's true. And then she even got criticism from Carol Baskin, who you don't know who that is because you refuse to watch Tiger King like the rest of America. Oh, that's right. Quarantine. So Carol Baskin is one of the people in that documentary 
who condemns the Tiger King for having a big cat um, facility, but she has one too, but she calls hers a sanctuary, but literally the way that they're operating is exactly the same, if not worse. Mm. And um, she criticized them for having big cats in their video. Even though Mm -hmm. she said that they probably were like on green screen and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's like, but, you know, blah, 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 the big cats, the big cats. To which Cardi B responded, which cracked me up because I was thinking the same thing when I heard Carol Baskin was criticizing anybody for doing anything. She Uh was like, girl, you killed your goddamn husband. (laughs) So that was a whole part of the documentary is that, like, she killed her first husband. So everybody was like, oh, Carol Baskin, like, totally killed her husband like (laughs) so yeah so she was like girl are you kidding me you're criticizing us using tigers on green screen in a video and you literally killed your husband so please stop so so crazy so yeah Yeah, so that's wild i honestly like i'm surprised that she's bothering to respond to any of it because it's just so she real sensitive about stuff like that's the thing she like responds to a lot of stuff where we're like thinking like you're at a certain place now but it's so it's still like kind of new it was worse when she first got on Uh because you know she went from like reality star and like more like you know whatever to like this big hit like out of nowhere and she just didn't know how to handle social media. And mm-hmm. she still has little flip-ups where she will respond to people who are like, girl, this is more trouble for you. Yeah, just let it lie. Yeah, just let it lie. It don't matter. Like, learn something from Beyonce. You'll never hear Beyonce responding. No, that's why. All the crazy stuff. Why? Because I'm still rich with my rich babies and my rich husbands sitting up and doing rich things. Right. And you are too. So just let let it lie, girl. Let it lie. So she has not learned how to do that quite yet. So yeah, like there weren't very many, as you can tell, like things going on. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, it's been a quiet week. Yeah, that's my stories. So, you know, just some conservatives trying to go after um uh, Rihanna and they don't know that she's not the one so they need to leave her alone but about yeah. what um she, I guess art is art basil coming up art basil coming up whatever it's called I can't remember what but I'm it? like I'm sure there's not having it like it's an event in Miami or mm-hmm. but I was like I don't know if that's what she was doing it for but she was doing a art piece mm-hmm. and on it it's a, it's like graffiti their cars and it says F Trump so she and she just put art, and people went crazy. So the one um, representative said, "Painting F. Trump at Cadillac Ranch isn't art." At Rihanna, it's total disrespect to our country. Here and then he used some of her song titles in quotes. Girl, here's a quote-unquote wild thought: If you want to save your career by okay. Does she need to save her career? No, because Rihanna's doing quite well. Right. Like, making money, not putting out music. How about that? She has a whole other makeup line and, like, clothing. Like, yeah, she- empire. Like, she- <laughs> like, okay. 
So, yeah, save your career by bad-mouthing Donald Trump. Maybe work, work, work on a new strategy. Already has, girl. Okay, so not oh, going man. to... Not going to fly here. Texas is Trump country. Um, and then this one, this is the one that like kills me. Oh my gosh. Someone else, I don't even know who this person is. Do you know who Deanna Lorraine is? I have no idea who this woman is. No, Deanna Lorraine. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. No. Okay, so she got on Beyonce's internet. She's apparently a commentator. Mm. That she's running for Congress in sh- no in California in California mm. okay mm. yeah in California the twelfth district I don't know like she went to Chico maybe somewhere up there um so she says really Rihanna you think anyone in their right mind cares what you have to say about President Trump clearly because you responded to her right. so you are one of the biggest failures in the music industry. Wow. Inaccurate. Inaccurate. Oh, anyway, oh, I just looked it up. She lost the primary in March. So she okay, oh, girl, please. Speaking of speaking of failures. Speaking of failures, right. <laughs> um, and had it not been for your affair with Jay-Z, you'd still be an intern. I love how they think they know like the goth. Wow. And like know. don't know the simple things. Like how much of a failure she's not because she's doing really well and you aren't. Clearly okay. She was like, oh, and here's here's the part that just burns my hide. Appreciate the country that welcomed you. Oh, I'm and, sorry. Has Rihanna been welcomed? Oh, this is great. And she said, Rihanna should keep in mind that she was welcomed to this country as an immigrant. She rages against this country that has given her wealth and every opportunity to succeed. Hmm. I was like, how dare you? So immigrants have no rights to like... Yeah, no, you should just be happy you're here. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? That's the way they feel about black people. So I guess that extends to immigrants too. So. Everybody. You know, you know, everybody just be happy that you're here. And you... Just be glad that you're allowed to... Live here. Stay, yeah. Yeah, so because if we yes. had it our way, you wouldn't be here at all. If we had our way, we wouldn't be here at all. How about that? Good grief! <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's so infuriating. It's so infuriating. And also, okay, like, again, like your point, which is uh, the, again same thing that I was saying to with regard to um, Cardi B, like this these people who are like up in arms about rihanna like if rihanna was nobody and a failure and didn't matter then why are you even responding you know like if she's like if truly like if 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 her putting out some art quote-unquote artwork whether it's art or not or whatever um and it's a call and saying f trump across it is as uh ridiculous is like me doing it who like nobody knows better than like why even respond like just let it lie like you're only right you're actually only giving her more fuel to like you know like the fact that you and i are talking about it which we probably wouldn't be if it wasn't for the and fact. i think that's what they're trying to do they're trying to anger the base and trying to like you know rev people up that's all this is 
But it's sort of just useless, though, because, like, the same people, like... They don't, don't need to be revved up. I don't, yeah, I don't know that anybody's base isn't revved up. Like, at this point in the election season, at this point in kind of the history of our country, like, where we are in terms right. of all the things that we've been talking about for months now, the pandemic, racial injustice, police brutality, now, like, all this controversy around the election and ballots yeah, and all of this, like, there's no one who isn't revved up, unless you're just, like, totally not paying attention yeah yeah like which if you're totally apathetic you're apathetic all the time so that's like no one's no one's like you know pulling you into this yeah Yeah, like so who are you like for to to what end you know like it's so dumb like everyone's revved up everyone's on fire for like whatever (laughs) everyone's revved up everyone's revved up like you know like (laughs) there's no it's it's just it's I don't know to me like I, I feel like and it's it's the same like on either side like when anybody like just kind of like pinpoints this one thing or goes wild over this one thing I'm just kind of like can we get back to like the real issues because <laughs> like, right. that's what I like like that's where like the 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 segue conversations of the actual political races drive me crazy because I'm just like I, I actually don't care what Rihanna thinks. I you know, like or what she's doing or whatever. Like I'm happy that she's doing her thing, whatever, like, but like it's totally irrelevant because at the end of the day, it has no effect on how this world okay. runs, what this country does or doesn't do, which direction we go to go in, whether we solve these like bigger issues or not. So she wants to express herself that way. That's her thing. She's got that, you know engagement with her audience great good for her Mm -hmm. like but like let's all get back to like the real issues because there's like serious stuff that's happening that we all need to like address and think about and be like thoughtful over like and this this is these are just distractions unnecessary distractions speaking of distractions yes kanye west (sighs) is still at it when kamala harris was um announced this is what he says Oh no. I know. And I was like, he's like, I know my mom and Kamala Harris would have been friends. Congratulations on being the Democratic vice president nominee. Prayer hands. All love and respect from the future president. It's an honor to run against you. I can't. Oh my gosh. I need him I to I thought get someone help. got him. I thought someone had got him already. And then no, this comes out. No, he's still out there. I yeah. need him to ha- get some help. Somebody Again, such a distraction. Yeah. I, it's, so. it's awful. And it's sad. Yeah. It's mo- right, most, so. mostly sad. Mostly sad. Okay. All right. Mm. I'm done. Is that all? So, yeah. Personal stuff. We already kind of talked about some a lot of it, but we can <sighs> well, we have feature kind of- a couple more things. Yes, uh, we have a joint personal sad story, you and I. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, do we have a sad story? <laughs> the thing about that is, I've been trying to get us not to go for weeks now, and you guys have been downright adamant about it. And, so and I, I, was, I still was. I still was. I was, and I was the last like, night. what am I going to have to do? <laughs> I was the final hanger on. 
I was the final you hanger. On. It, took, it took Vanessa because honestly, I was like, you know, I, okay, so the uh, let's uh, name it. Um, yeah. So we've been planning to go to the March on Washington that's still on, from what I can tell, um, for August 28th. Um, and uh, we'd had all the plans and everything in place in terms of, well, travel and all that. Not but I mean, yeah, you didn't have anything placed, but I was ready to go. Um, <laughs> and um, you were riding with uh, Vanessa and her family. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the first thing that happened was that the organizers, which is the girl, don't let me get this wrong, National Action Network, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, Al Sharpton's nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, and who are organizing the whole thing, they put out a list of uh, st- states from which you can't, like, y- you can register for the march. Like, there's an official way to, like, register online that you're coming to the march. But there was, like, a list of, what, I think, like, 27 states that they were saying, you if you're from these states, if you're coming from these states or trying to come from these states, you can't register for the march, mm-hmm. right? So that was the first thing. Uh, and kind long- of based on what the mayor said, which is basically, if you are coming from these states that change and are being updated, you're going to have to quarantine for 14 days in D.C. before you're allowed to go out. Right, which is also... Mm-hmm. Like how's that just, like, like how's that? And also, like I was also we were questioning at the even when they made that announcement, like, well, how are they even going to enforce that? Like, you can't, you don't. Mm-hmm. If I just like, first of all, you don't have to, you don't have to register for the march to be at the march, and to, show up, no. to just show up there. And again, like if I like fly in from California to DC, um. And I'm just, you know, you don't know whether I've been there 14 days or just got here last night. So um, there's no, like, again, it's just totally unenforceable. So that's kind and of. And then, where, like, there's a thing about the, there was a thing about the parking where if right. you were coming, like, if people were coming on buses and cars right. and all that kind of stuff, they're like, you're not going to be get a parking pass if your car is from one of these states. So it was like, okay, like, again, that's something that can be working you know, around. Right. Um, Go on. Yeah, so those were the things that were announced, and then you know, um, so again, based on what the DC mayor was saying, all this sort of thing. So that like gave us pause, but we're also like, this is totally unenforceable. So like, we were moving forward or whatever. Um, They were moving forward. I was dragged. (laughs) Kristen was quietly trying not to move forward, Uh, but Vanessa Mm -hmm. and I were like, no, we're doing it. We're marching. (laughs) This is. A moment in history, blah blah blah, uh, which is all still true. But then, uh, yeah. the true kibosh was placed on it because of, um, well, Vanessa ultimately felt like she, there's a lot. Like they went all back to they, everybody went back to school, including mm-hmm. herself. She teaches, and um, and there have been a few cases already, positive COVID cases. In was it at her her school site or was it at the girls' school sites? Mm, I don't think there have been any at at all. I don't think she, she said that there were. Yeah, she said something like there was a. There's already been one or two uh, cases. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know what school it was at. I can't remember. So all that to say, like, just sort of the like personal, like the hitting home of like things are still happening and we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And her school, yeah. 
at so. her school. Okay. And mm-hmm. so, um, which caused her pause for the entire thing. And so that was really the big kibosh because ultimately like you were going to be riding with her driving mm-hmm. up to DC. And I'm like, so if she's not going, you're not going. And if you both are not yeah, going. Cause I'm then... not getting on a plane and right. I'm also not driving to DC. So it was yeah. both of those things. Both of those yeah. things. So, which uh, means that the trip is off. Um, so yeah, so that's, um, I'm definitely bummed about that. I was like, looking forward to the march and um and i was like weary of the entire situation but was just kind of feeling like more compelled more compelled Mm -hmm. than wary i guess you know um with regard to the whole like just historic nature of it and the importance of the march and all that um so yeah so i'm sort of bummed out about that um and then i think because this is like because like we're officially like not doing this um there was this sort of like that like that uh qualitative piece of like anticipating a break or anticipating like going somewhere different and Mm -hmm. doing something different that feels like oh like now that's not yeah so like that's like now I'm sort of like oh I didn't realize how much I was like counting on that or like you know, like I knew I was looking forward to it, but like I didn't realize like sort of like all that was wrapped into it. And so now I'm just like, oh, okay. So I feel like this is the first time since all of this has started that I really feel like the weight of uh, quarantine. Because um, mm. up until now, it's been more of a like, okay, like this is what we're doing, like the day in, day out, weekend, like out of it. Like I've gotten used to the patterns or whatever, you know. Um, and so now it's just sort of like, oh, like, that's just going to keep going. Like, it feels like a little, like, indefinite now, you know, even though, like, that's always been the case, you know. Um, and this was just, like, one weekend that was going to be, like, this one little break in all of that. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, somehow I'm just sort of like, oh, okay, right. Because I don't feel like, you know, like, we talked a little bit about the possibility of, like, keeping the flight and doing something different. But, see, I just don't feel like I like, you know, so, like, I don't feel as compelled to like break quarantine for just a trip, you know, like mm-hmm. that feels like that feels like somehow like more irresponsible. <laughs> um, yeah, I get you. Know? you. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, like I wouldn't do it just for like vacation sake, even though like I would love a vacation right now. Um, but like that feels like, oh, uh, you know, like I, I really wouldn't risk as you know like or feel the need to like risk as much um for something this like leisurely you know whereas it was something like more like activism and like mm-hmm. ministry related it felt like you know meaningful kind of on a different level so um so yeah so there's all like i'm having like all those like oh like oh okay i'm no i'm like labeling all these emotions like okay this is what's happening right now so um so it's all good and um I, so, and I get it, but it's just sort of like the like letdown of like, oh, okay, this is disappointing. Um, so yeah, so that's going on. Um, and what else? Um, I'm obsessed with um, the show Succession. I mentioned it in passing mm-hmm. earlier. It's so good. I'm on the second season already. And um, 
and the second season is even is like the first season has little bits where it's like kind of slow like you kind of has to stick with it you know um and it builds kind of crescendos at the end and you're like okay and then um but the fir- the second season like kind of like gets a running start and you're just like yeah it's it's really well done and it's so well written and very funny so i've been like steadily watching that um okay and then, did I talk about the Canadian show Cardinal last week? I don't mm, think I did. I don't recall, no. It's a procedural. It's a, uh, you know, uh, your basic, like, uh, cops and robbers, like, detective show or whatever. Um, and it's in Can. It's based, it's out of Canada, so it's based in Canada, in Ontario. And it's also really, really good. Dark, but good. Uh-huh. And so, every season... Um, is a case so um, so yeah so I just um, I just watched like over the last few weeks I've watched the first two seasons and um, it's really really good oh you know what I didn't mention about Succession which I think I keep forgetting to tell you one of the sons Uh is the dude from Ferris Bueller's Day Off Cameron yes oh yeah 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 I I know that I watched like part of an episode okay uh, yeah. yeah, so it's so fun to watch Cameron like all grown up, um, and sort of like it, and it really does feel like Cameron grown up because, like you know, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, Cameron's whole shtick is like his like oppressive relationship with his very rich father and his very like you know emotionally distant, physically absent. But like you know, monetarily like available father or whatever you know, um, and like just all his angst around that, and so it's really interesting in that like I don't think it's on purpose, but like his his uh, character is he's the oldest of the uh, three sons in this. He's the oldest of all the kids in this um, this. Uh, like again like this like entertainment mogul guys like mm-hmm. family or whatever um and kind of like his like you know his sort of you know his, his estranged relationship with with the, with the father and with like you know and just how the, it's it's about everyone's estranged like relationships or estranged is the wrong word strained relationships because of who okay. the father is and um and it's just interesting to see like him in this role and it just plays very much like this is like a grown up Cameron. Like if Cam, you know, if we like saw Cameron, like, you know, 30 years later as like someone who's like lived his life, like under the shadow of a, a father who was just, you know, very difficult and heavy handed and whatever. So um, it's pretty, it's pretty funny just to watch that part. So anyway, that was just another, another thing about succession that I love. Um, so that's going on. I told you about my gluten-free bread, which I'm super excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like that's, I don't have a whole lot else to report. What about you? Um, gosh, no, I feel like I too have, um, mentioned all the things. Um, I'm very excited about um, my menu for this upcoming week. Mm. Tell us more. So, 
as I told you, um, I'm trying to meal plan because I'm trying to cut down on eating fast food and stuff while I'm out mm-hmm. and caught out there, which has become like a real problem. I'm sorry, Yanni has become mm-hmm. like a real problem with you know us with how the market's going right now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I've been trying to do more meal planning and like deciding on the weekend what I'm going to eat the next week. I do know that I'm really bad about like a meal. Like I, I figured out that I can do like a casserole or a pasta dish or something, but more like a casserole, mm-hmm. like more freak, more than once a week. Like I'll eat that. So last week I made like a, I was telling you a, a deconstructed like stuffed green pepper. Mm -hmm. Um, casserole Mm -hmm. and then I made like a chicken enchilada like pie Mm -hmm. and so like I like pretty much ate those pretty much you know all week so that was great so I was very so I was like okay so that's that's a thing that I can do so this week I'm gonna do like a chicken spinach um lasagna okay and I'm also going to do sweet potato shepherd's pie so interesting because mm-hmm, we have some like soup so I'm try- also trying to like use the things that we have right and um just kind of make stuff with that so I have like sweet potatoes and yeah so I'm like looking forward to that and I also bought like some flatbread and I bought like some um smoked salmon cream cheese so I'm gonna do those maybe for like lunch kind of like um smoked salmon rolls Mm, like sandwiches Mm -hmm. and have lots of salad and vegetables so yay so I did cook I did have like a meal from yesterday that I still need to make so I made like a um I made steak like it was tough sterling I can't remember but it was like in a mojo sauce and I did like moro which is like the black beans and rice like mixed together and plantains so that I still have one more portion of that left too so I'll probably eat that tomorrow for dinner so yeah so I'm excited about the meal planning the and meal not planning. coming home you know like you're, oh my god I come home like I'm here all day pretty much except <laughs> like I have to just go out to do something or other like the post office pretty much I go to the post office all the time that's how I spend my time because I'm mailing out stuff every day pretty much and getting more steps like I feel like I'm doing my part to help the postal service because I'm buying like millions of stamps every week. So um, all of y'all to do the same. So (laughs) right, like I just sent out like a hundred postcards and then maybe like another 50 like mailings and stuff. So like, yeah, I'm doing like a hundred or more like stamps, postcard stamps a week. So there you go. So there you go. So yeah, it's yeah. The post office is infuriating, though. I have to say, like the physical, actual going to the post office. That's the thing. Like I'm so used to how things are done in LA, and I feel the post office there. People complain, but it's very efficient. Like mm-hmm. first of all, you have like first of all, I always, I've always, well, for the longest time, I lived close to like the airport. Um, oh, post offices right. so that like they're a little different but the um and you know pretty busy but there's usually a machine 
that if you just need to buy stamps, you could just buy you stamps. Use the mis- you could just use that machine. Right. Here, no, none of them have them. The one that I found that did have them was not in my neighborhood. But then when I went, it wasn't working. So I was like, are you kidding me? Hmm. And the one time that one did work, that's when I needed to do those. Like, I need to get postcard stamps. And it, like, printed them out one by one. It was like, I need to print out, like, 80. So the people were so mad at me. And it was around Christmas time, too. Oh, so no. they, Yeah, so people were, like, wanting to kill me. Um, so I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know. The person, like, they had, like, a little person, like, helping out. Right. But she didn't tell me that. I was like, why didn't you tell me? Like, okay. So, yeah. So, like, even, you know, at home, like, they have, like, the people in line. Like, they'll have postal workers kind of, like, standing in line, kind of helping, going, hey, do you just need to get stamps? Okay, well, right. here, I can take care of you right here right. and do that, like, while, you're, you know, like, you don't have to stand in this line to do that. So, like, those kinds of things, like, I'm starting to miss, like, now with COVID, there's pretty much only one person working the counter at every post office I go to. Oh, that's and terrible. the line is like around the corner. You, you know, before COVID, there might still there might be two. Well, usually right. one still, but there might there might be two. No more than no more than two. But now there's usually one person working, and I'm like trying to gauge the right time to go to avoid right. people. But I feel that Atlanta, like LA, is very much a people work different hours. We have so many entrepreneurs here mm-hmm. that it's always crowded. It's always crowded. And then a lot of people are working from home now. So, like, people are just doing things on a, a not normal schedule anymore. Okay. So, it's been hard to kind of gauge that. So, so I'm just tired of fighting with the post office. I want them to succeed, though. So, I'm going to keep yeah, going. I want them to succeed, too. Yeah, it's – um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I rarely go in because, like, I'll do the, like, uh, click and ship on, on the line. Whenever I like have, because most of the time, if I have something to send, it's like a, I'm sending like a little package or something, you know. Um, and so, and I really need to just do that. I don't know why. Yeah, because the clicking ship not... is really like easy. And then, honestly, you should probably sign up for something like stamps.com where they like. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that. I can just print them out. You can just print them out at home and. Um, you're still like you know obviously like it's still U.S. postage so it still supports the U- USPS mm-hmm. but it's like a middleman company if you will um so but you you could write it off as part of your business expenses still am but yeah that would be great yeah because there's some cost to stamps.com I think um mm-hmm. as like a as a like for the for the service of like whatever but they also like send you like a little scale to like weigh things and like all that sort of thing. So there's a few little benefits to it, but mostly the convenience of not having to uh, actually physically go to the postal service if you can avoid it. Um, yeah. And I feel like when you have volume like that, like it, like True. whatever the cost yeah. is, kind of like well, you know, it'll yeah, it, it is what it is. Yes. Um, oh, I also wanted to give a shout out to a new T-shirt company that I recently uh, ordered from, uh, black owned, female owned out of Portland, Oregon. It's called Mimi's, Mimi's spelled M-I-M-I, Mimi's Fresh Teas. Um, hmm. And um, I, uh, they, they came to my attention because there was an article out about how she got 
um, uh, hate mail. And it was like this very like threatening, like it would look like one of those like serial killer letters, you know, like where it's just like the writing, like somebody like, like maybe like purposely wrote with their left hand. So it's all like creepy or, you know, just creepy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was like, you know, and word this, you know, calling her the C word, like all this kind of stuff, um, you know, um, and so uh, criticizing her for, you know, Black Lives Matter type stuff or whatever. So just like this very like racist, misogynist <laughs> like thing. And so she had posted a picture of it, of the letter on her Facebook page and said like, you know, this is, you know, this is scary and disheartening, da, 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 but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to stop, you know, doing what I do, whatever. So, and that went viral. And so... She, you know, so that's how it got to my attention because, like, you know, it went viral and I, I was like, oh, what's this about? So then I took one look at it. And, of course, I, I, like a bunch of, like, like thousands of other people went straight to the website and ordered, a, you know, ordered product. Um, so I have to say of all the T-shirts that I've gotten, I've gotten a bunch of T-shirts now. <laughs> um, um, just kind of like, you know, whatever, like uh, statement t-shirts this one is like the highest quality like like the material the printing just all overall just the design of it like it's like the best best uh, quality t-shirt I've gotten and um, I posted it the other day it says uh, um, racism is the pandemic established 1492 mm-hmm. um, so and she has a huge selection, a huge selection of like all different, okay. like everything from just your standard Black Lives Matter to like, and and, and to the one I got to any and everything in between. So, uh, Mimi's Fresh Teas, um, really, really um, good stuff. So, uh, consider supporting her business, please. Okay. Yep. Awesome! 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 There we go. All right. I think, we, yeah. Yeah, I think we covered everything. I have, uh, I'm surrounded by furry beings who are um, both. Why do you have walks? Well, yeah, well, one, one, of one, walk. one of them is very adamant about a walk. Um, there's the staring, uh, the panting, and the tail wagging happening. Uh, the other one is just waking up from her nap, um, but definitely looking at me side eye style wondering when I'm gonna feed her next not that there's not food in her bowl mind you but just saying Mm -hmm. she likes it fresh um so yeah so I think we're good I think I'm gonna go take care of these beasts okay so thank you for tuning in folks it's always fun to have you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we'll catch you again next week yes everybody for another exciting episode yeah yes it's oh yes it's kristen's bedtime it's past my bedtime it's past kristen's bedtime all right all right let's talk to you later Bye. bye Wait Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find all available listening platforms at anchor.fm forward slash wait tell me everything. 
Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. And get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at WaitTellMePod. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at WaitTellMeEverything at gmail.com.